0: country
1: music i love country music country music, country
2: music. Country. the future country music's looking good i
1: love it country Shh. confidential
2: there's really no borders obviously with spotify and all the all the different um stream platforms the bleed over has really become apparent with a lot of the talent that's coming out now people are really discovering a lot of the great artists that have been up here and always been up here in Canada, which is great to see them get the light of day. Country Confidential.
3: I'm going to go out on a little bit of a whim here and say that Canada really isn't a place you immediately think of when it comes to country music. But some of the best artists in the genre come from our neighbors up north. Country music isn't reserved just for one country, and that really is the beauty of it. I love that people from all over the world can relate to the music I love so much. In this episode, I got to chat with Canadian country artists Brett Kissel, the Hunter Brothers, Dallas Smith, and Tennille Towns all about their experiences in country music. And y'all know me, I want all the secrets and untold stories. I'm your host, Backstage Bobby, and this is Country Confidential Canadian Country. Brett Kissel was born and raised in Alberta, Canada. He owned his first guitar long before he was even in school and released his first album before he could even drive, both which led him to becoming one of Canada's most dynamic country artists with four number one hits on the Canadian country charts before he even turned 30. Brett's rise to Canadian country fame is built on good songs, good stories, and a lot of heart.
4: That song off my first record, "Country in My Blood," really talks about how much I love how I grew up. And there are a lot of um, there are a lot of great artists that I look up to and and I love, but they they found country music later in 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 their life. Whereas me, country music was a part of my life from the day that I was born. So I grew up on a cattle ranch in uh, northeastern Alberta. I feel that we're probably closer to the North Pole than we are to like the Mexican border. Like way up here, basically the Arctic, but it's been in my family for um, uh, over a hundred years. And my wife and I, we were just able to buy uh, buy into the ranch and kind of keep the Yellowstone vibe going. So we're, we're the, yeah, we're, I'm like Casey Dutton kind of. So I, I like have the, yeah, you know, going to take, take over the ranch for another generation. No one in my family played music at all. So the fact that I, got a guitar from, from my grandma, my, my Mima, I got a guitar from her. And, you know, Mima just said that she saw music in me. So she gets me this guitar for Christmas and all I wanted to do was play, play music. And I didn't want to play. um, My parents used reverse psychology on me because I took lessons for a half of a year and they're like, and and I didn't like them at all. Uh, So my parents said, if you don't take any lessons, Will you still keep playing? I said, absolutely. And so I wanted to learn country songs by George Strait, Alan Jackson, Johnny Cash, George Jones, Farron Young, Merle Haggard. Those are the songs I wanted to learn. So I've always loved country music.
3: Brett, like so many of the artists I've spoken to, have always known that country music was meant for them. Another artist that has always had country music running through his veins is George Strait. Brett and I bonded over our love for him and actually found out we have the same favorite George Strait song. Brett is even passing down his love for the iconic artist to his own kids.
4: I've got three little kids, a six-year-old, a daughter just turned six, uh, a four-year-old, and I've got a two-year-old. So my family, we listen to country music all the time. And you may even hear them in the background, like I'm in my office here, but the kitchen's just on the other side and I'll be doing Zoom calls now in the Zoom era and they're cranking George Strait music On a regular basis. And I'm so proud because they're not listening to no Paw Patrol. My kids are listening to George Strait, Alan Jackson, Garth Brooks, and Dolly Parton.
3: I think it's awesome what Brett does to keep the country music spirit alive in his house. But I wanted to know why Brett thinks that his passions and talents align so well with country music.
4: Well, country music is real life and country music tells the real stories. Dolly Parton, I mean, it's hanging in. Um, in the country music hall of fame. She, she says the great thing about country music is that it's ordinary tales told in an extraordinary way. So growing up on the farm, I knew about hard work. I knew about, you know, working hard for a living. I knew about, you know, uh, late nights and early mornings. I knew about hardships and the good times and the bad times and country music is there to celebrate the best of times. And country music is there to pick you up in the worst of times more so than any other genre, and I stand by that. So I grew up that way, and now it's my job as the next generation to write songs about that, tell stories about that, and celebrate in the greatest moments of, you know, people's lives, and also to be there as their rock or their crutch as they're, you know, going through, you know, a tough time.
3: Wow. If country music ever needed a spokesperson, I really do think it's Brett. He has a unique talent for connecting with everyone, no matter where you come from. So I asked Brett why he feels the need to share the Canadian country scene and why it's so unique.
4: Well, there's no doubt that there's an unbelievable influence that comes out of Nashville that crosses over the border. Nashville is the Mecca, as you know, everybody knows, for all things country. So our sound is still very Nashville. But when there are certain things that come out in our music, You're hearing it more now for Americans like uh, Dirk Spentley to talk about hockey. But I mean, if if you're a Canadian artist, you've written like 10 songs about hockey. And for us, it's not necessarily, sometimes it's about a touchdown pass, but sometimes it's about an overtime goal too. So culturally, there's a lot of things that can come out in music um, that, that we speak about in Canada for the songs that are hits in Canada. But you know what, I, I would actually say that other than an accent, which you're picking up from me, that I know is very Canadian. I know the way that I pronounce my words and enunciate, and I'm definitely going to say A at least six times in this interview. But other than that, our music <laughs> is very similar because my hero was George Strait the same way um, Riley Green's hero could be George Strait. My hero is Garth Brooks the same way that Scotty McCreary's hero could be Garth Brooks. So our influences are very much the same.
3: Even though Brett is a Canadian through and through, he did have some thoughts on what he did like about the traditions in American country music. We're very moldable
4: as, as a population that I even find myself taking on some very, uh, Big words in the South. And my favorite word that I still use all the time is y'all because it's the most efficient word there's ever been. In Canada, I'd be like, hey, kids over there, can you please come over here? No, no, no. It's like, y'all come here.
3: Y'all come here. Like that, y'all is the best word. Something from Brett's bio really stood out to me. He says, I'm going to try to illuminate a positive path for music fans. A path that has room for everyone to join us with heaping servings of gratitude and unity. You guys know me. I had to ask him what this means to him.
4: It's a very interesting time right now to walk the line of um, and to do everything that you you can do in this time and era, especially with you know with COVID and a lot of division um, in in the world based on a stance and saying I I'm red, I'm blue, I'm this, I'm that. It's very, very um, difficult sometimes, but if your intention is true and if you stand in integrity in every choice that you make, then some people could, you know, I guess, be very disappointed in a certain person's stance. But if you're coming at it from integrity and saying, I'm willing to have a conversation as opposed to putting up your middle fingers, which a lot of people will do, like, you don't agree with me, here's a middle finger, buzz off. A lot of people do that in arts and entertainment, in life, um, At no matter where you turn, especially in this day and age. So if my music can be a spot where it doesn't matter what you believe, all are welcome here, that's great. But at the same time, I still have to lay a boundary to say, just because I'm doing something or I may believe something else, I'm very grateful to be on that path, but you also can't belittle me or bully me either. So it's about knowing your self-worth. It's about having boundaries and about making every decision with integrity because therefore, if there are naysayers, you can let that slide because you know that you made a choice that was true to yourself. So everyone is welcome, but at the same time, I'm expecting kindness if you choose to come to my show or if you choose to listen to my music.
3: What a powerful statement. Country music isn't meant to divide us, but to unite us. I asked Brett how he's using that stance to help grow the country scene up in Canada.
4: It's very interesting because Canada and the scene here was very, very vibrant. And prior to the lockdowns and the shutdowns, because we're one of only a few nations in the world that are still locked down, where things were at in 2019 and over the past decade leading up to obviously the shutdown and the way that the world changed, Canada was so vibrant in terms of uh, exporting some of our biggest stars into the country music market. And a lot of these stars are making a big name for themselves in the United States and worldwide, like Tennille Towns, like Tennille Arts, like Lindsay L, like High Valley, like James Barker Band. And of course, it's a lot bigger than just one or two major stars like we had in the day, although there were massive stars like Shania. Um, or Paul Brandt, or uh, Anne Murray of the 1970s and 80s, or Hank Snow of the 1950s and 60s. So we now are making extraordinary music, and I think have a real big slice of the Nashville pie that is being eaten by Canadians. And I'm really proud of that. So I'm really hoping that as our borders open up, we can have an opportunity to export uh, more Canadian country music uh, onto Music Row to keep, uh, you know, beating the drum for a Canadian country.
3: I love how passionate and proud Brett is of his fellow country music Canadians. But just like he said, country music is all in the stories. And here's a cool story for you. Brett has had the opportunity to open for... Garth freaking Brooks. (laughs) He shared a little bit about what he's learned from Garth and how he incorporates these lessons into his own career.
4: I'm so happy that you're asking me about Garth as I'm about to go talk with my family because he was the one who taught me family first. So being that it's family first, I'm going to take a, a tiny, tiny break from this. As in this era of Zoom, I got my little kids outside the door playing with a race car. I just bought them for their
3: birthday. After telling his girls to turn down the music during our interview, we got back to chatting a little bit more about Garth Brooks.
4: Uh, Everybody's awesome. Everybody's good. It's just, it's in this era, right, where this would have been face-to-face with you and me, Bobby, right? You know, and Um, If this was at any other time, or again, if I was living in Nashville and you came to, to see us down there. So balancing work and family, I used to see it as a pretty giant challenge for an artist like myself. But as we go back into Garth Brooks, one of the interesting things is that when he took his time off for several years to retire and then come back on his world tour, which, as we mentioned, was in Chicago. And I went to his very first show back at the Allstate Arena. I've got the ticket stuff in September of 2014. So I'm sure you were there, too. So I am so lucky that I was able to learn from him, the person, and talk about parenting, talk about balance, talk about symmetry. Um, I had a life coach and Garth was the only one who had said very similar things in terms of sometimes if you have balance in your life, you're actually taking away from this to feed this, or you're taking away from this to feed this. Why can't we live in a world where both can be symmetrical, where you can have a great family life and a great career or a great career and great family life? So with that being said, I was so inspired by just being in his presence and having multiple one-on-one conversations. And I I kid you not, Bobby, in terms of all the other opening act uh, work that I had done for almost like everybody else, name somebody, I've probably worked with them at one point or another. Garth and Brad Paisley were the two that took me under their wing, especially Garth, to say that music is very, very important and you're doing everything for your fans, but you're also doing this for your family. You're doing this for legacy. You're doing this for the greater good of all, if you want to be a selfish artist and do it just for you, and whether they like it or not, as in the fans like it or not, you know, it's just art and you do your thing. There's a place for artists like that. And I respect artists like that. But what has been, what has worked for me, as in Garth paraphrasing what has worked for me, is doing it for them. Every choice I make is for them, for my family and also for the crowd. So seeing things through that lens has been unbelievably inspiring. And I wish we had hours, or if you and I were sitting together and having a cocktail together, I could tell you a million stories about Garth Brooks. Each one is better than the last. In general, it was an amazing experience. I opened for him like 25 times. Every story actually gets better. So if you want to do a Garth episode and you want some stories, call me back.
3: Well, guys, whether you're a Nashville superstar like Garth Brooks or a Canadian superstar like Brett, it always comes down to the music, stories, and family in country music. Brett shared with me why he thinks that music connects with fans everywhere, regardless of where you come from.
4: Well, it's a great question. And I think if you go back to the roots of what made country music great in the first place, it was telling these stories. Now it's 2022. So we have an opportunity to do things a little bit different than it was in 1922. You know, when the Opry first, you know, started in, you know, when was it 29 or, or you know, when Hank Williams was really, really, you know, uh, on, on the rise and a massive superstar in the late forties and fifties, things are a lot different, but what has stayed the same is the art of telling a story. And so even though we're recycling stories of love and loss and we're recycling stories of cheating, betrayal, or the biggest victories or take this job and shove it, whatever it may be, country music still tells those stories. So for me, if I want to do right by the genre, I want to continue to tell these stories. Some of them are someone else's story that I'm just the song teller. If you remember Dolly calling herself a song teller, or sometimes I'm really being vulnerable and I'm opening up my life and talking about a a massive fight maybe with my parents and how I said, not see you later, but I said, see you never. And I graduated high school, got in my vehicle and I drove to Nashville and now I'm flying all over the place and I'm seeing all these farms below and I, and I'm dying to go home. So that song in particular on my new record called what is life die to go home is one of the most um, vulnerable stories I've ever told in, in a recording before in my life. So That's the best part about country music is continuing to tell stories. And I hope for another hundred years, we do that.
3: Dallas Smith was born in Langley, Canada, and is now one of the most celebrated artists in Canadian country music. He's won multiple Juno and CCMA awards and won CCMA Entertainer of the Year twice, back to back in 2019 and in 2020. But the accolades don't stop there. He's got over 500 million, yes, I said 500 million streams to date, and has amassed over 20 Canadian recording industry, association gold, and platinum certifications. I had to know the story behind one of the most decorated Canadian country stars and what country music means to him.
2: My dad and mom played like collectively Beatles and just kind of like what you'd think collectively a household would listen to, but then my dad would go off into like the Zeppelins and um, Steve and Ray Vaughan, a lot more guitar driven stuff. Um, uh, and then as, uh, my mom was playing, she was in Sweet Adeline's choir when I growing up. So women's professional choir, yeah. So there's lots of singing going on in the house and she played, um, uh, I mean, it's pretty timely with, with, uh, her just passing, but a lot of Juds um, was played. Yeah. A lot of female country, like Kathy Matea, um, a lot of that. And that was a lot of memories of my mom growing up just being, um, yeah, just making us lunch and doing things. Um, she eventually went and worked uh, as we grew up, um, but I remember those times at home where yeah, it was, it was a lot of country music and a lot of CMT was left on the TV and yeah, so I got, I, got, I got my fix of that for sure.
3: Like Dallas, I grew up in a home with a plethora of musical influences, but there was something about country music that really drew me in, even from a young age. So guys, I was curious to know why Dallas felt that his passions and musical talents aligned so well with country music.
2: I was a 90s kid. I loved the Seattle grunge and, and being from Vancouver, it just seemed like it was my backyard, that it was all happening. And so I was big into Soundgarden and stuff. But then, you know, I got into a rock band in the early 2000s and I did a whole bunch of touring. But as those years went by, I found myself gravitating towards like songs and You know guitar driven great songs with great voices and that really stopped living in the genre I was performing in. Um, I just started listening to like Keith Urban records and a lot of that stuff going on it reminded me and it started bringing in that influence that my mom had on me Um, and then I started revisiting some of the stuff and you know just even just the classics that Garth Brooks my mom played didn't have a lot of Garth on there but like the greatest hits so I was able to kind of learn a bit more about Garth and Alan Jackson and stuff. Um, As I was touring I just warming up to the rock shows with those records, those country records. Um, I started internally discussing, you know, my mutual love for country music with different people and eventually came across to my good friend Joey Moy, who was like, I was the first vocal he ever worked on in the recording studio um, when he came out of recording school. So we, we started talking at his place and like, I think a year later, it was like 2009, we, we went down to Nashville and started, you know, a writing trip and that was kind of it. Joey went off and did his thing. And um, I continued on doing my thing, making uh, country records with him.
3: Dallas mentioned that he watched CMT growing up, like a lot of us. And now, as we know, here he is up in Canada, thriving in country music.
2: Yeah, it was really unknown. Uh, there was a few artists that came out of, out of Canada. Uh, Paul Brandt, Terry Clark, obviously, um, Shania Twain. Um, it's always been here. And like our prairies are your prairies. It's just, it, you know, we have very, very similar lifestyles. Um, uh, yeah, and it, it's it. We really connect with country music. It's alive and well up here, and it's really it's really funny to, um, to kind of explain that to people who, like you said, just just might not be aware of what what music uh, is like up in Canada. But it's very very alive and well. Calgary, Alberta has I think has the largest the largest rodeo I think, and um, uh, the, so the largest stampede. Yeah, it's it's huge in North America. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of a lot of great country music coming from Canada, and it's I think with you know the way that music is with um, there's really no borders, obviously, with Spotify and all the, all the different um, stream platforms. The bleed over has really become uh, apparent with a lot of the talent that's coming out now. People are really discovering a lot of the great artists that have been up here and always been up here in Canada, which is it's great to see them get the light of day.
3: Country music speaks to the soul no matter who you are or where you're from. But I do have to brag on Dallas just a little bit. He's one of the most decorated and celebrated Canadian country artists. Having such a large influence, I asked him how he's using his platform to help grow the Canadian country scene.
2: I have a different sort of, like I, got, I got asked to move down to Nashville quite a while ago and I have, um, my son's almost 17 from a previous marriage and I've gone on and we've, I've remarried and have two other kids, but we're based out of Vancouver, BC. It's always given me a, I feel a different perspective on like lifestyle and what songs I connect to. Um, I think it's me living here and channeling the music from here, I think it it speaks to Canadians, I think, a little more so maybe than what I what it would be if I was down in Nashville making music and based out of there. So I think that has hopefully given some Canadian artists and some up and coming artists like a, a beacon sort of to so like you don't have to move down to Nashville. You can still do you can still do um, you can still be Canadian in Canada and make music and make country music and have success with it, which is um, not something that's really been you know, done before. But I think a lot of that is the is the age that we're in now where I can talk to you from, you know, my my hockey room.
3: <laughs> I really love that Dallas is so passionate about using his platform to help grow and mentor other artists. To help further that mission, he started his own joint venture with Nashville recording label, Big Loud, and shared a little bit more with me about his goals for this big endeavor.
2: Um, my friend, uh, and producer friend he actually works on a lot of the um editing on my records and a lot of the records that joey does scott cook is his name but he lives just down the street from me and i've i've known him for 20 years or so very talented guy but him and i when we were watching a lot of the uh a lot of canadians were starting up their own labels like um independent labels and tying them to majors and starting to run through artists like that and i i looked at him and i'm like why can't we do that we're watching joey and the big loud guys do that in nashville with their own imprint and um so we started a record label called Steelhead Music and we put um, a few artists through that and learned how to run a label, um, learned how to mentor um new artists. So we've been doing that in Canada and we have um this artist Sean Austin who who's a local guy out of Vancouver, um, great voice, but he we signed him and it really got the attention of uh the Big Lao guys down um who we were kind of watching what we were doing and um yeah, they, they gave us the offer, say, wouldn't it be great if we could actually, you know, create a farm system up in Canada. You guys go and look for, and sort of, like you said, you know, or like I said earlier, be that beacon and and uh, run things and grow an artist in Canada. And then with the help of a team in Nashville, you know, just like they do with me, um, help market, help create and go down when necessary and and um, use the connections that they have to help, you know, uh, grow this artist. So I'm excited about Sean and I'm excited about the partnership with Big Loud. It's been friends with me for, been friends with them for a long time, you know, yeah, a good 10, 12 years now since I went down there first with Joe, and um, so it's really great to actually be in business with them and be, feel part of the family when I go down there with the artists.
3: To expand on his mission of growing other artists, Dallas is bringing out six other Canadian country artists on his "Some Things Never Change" tour. He really embodies sharing the wealth. So I asked him a little bit more about what the decision-making process was like for his upcoming tour.
2: Well, I mean at the time you're putting together the, uh, uh, the tour, we didn't think, we didn't know if Americans were allowed to be over there. (laughs) So there, there was that, you know, after watching, you know, live music come to life a lot earlier than it did for us up in Canada. Um, we have a lot of Canadian artists, a lot of Canadian crew that need to get back to work. And all these guys are my friends. And when this idea was put together, it was kind of like not a rolling festival, but just, It seems like that but just get everybody back to work and everybody back on a big stage with the best light we possibly can and i think that way it gives you know as a music fan i'm being starved from live music for a while i'd love to see an action-packed night with a lot of artists so that was kind of my idea my my reasonings for doing that um it's gonna be a busy night um But but I mean, if we haven't seen live music for a while, it's uh, let's get back at it and and, uh, have a fun night with a lot of artists. That's the idea.
3: Another thing is that country music is all about traditions. So I asked Alice how he's carrying on the Canadian country music tradition through his music.
2: My goals with my music, honestly, really is just touching as many people as possible. Um, That's really it really what it is. Um, I I know what a song means like to me Um, growing up. You know, music is what gets you through things. To me, that's just how, my, how, how it is. Um, express a lot of emotion, whether it's just listening quietly or in your car is loud, belting it out. I mean, it's, you're expressing emotion in whatever way. That, that song, to me, it just it is such a universal theme. It really is. I mean, how many times have your heart been broken and realized, that, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I got to just face it. I can't run away from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's really what that song is. And honestly, it's so well written. And as a singer, it just sings so well. Um, a lot of different styles in there. It was, it was challenging to sing, but, um, honestly, it was just, it was just a, a last minute addition to the project was a song. It's always this way, a song that comes in, like just a flyer, just a hail Mary that comes in last minute and you're almost done recording. And, and it raises this hand as, as the one you want to lead off with. And that was, that was the case. And I'll go back to, um, like two year 2000 with my old rock band. And it happened the same way. We got a record deal off of a bunch of songs. Uh, And then we were sent down to Seattle with a couple more after a record deal and a song called Wasting My Time um, snuck in last minute and ended up being a a big worldwide hit for us. Um, And we toured the world. (laughs) So, you know, it's 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 I'm not some I never shy away from, you know, turning on a dime, um, changing the plan. It's always best put forward and and, uh, trying to connect with as many people as possible through a song.
3: Dallas has done a lot for others, so I asked him what one piece of advice would he give to other aspiring artists?
2: Be risky. Be, um, be not afraid to take, take that risk. Create a different sound. Take the good that you, that you have out of the artists that inspire you. Take those and make it your own. And if you can have your own voice in music... Um, it's one of the hardest things you can you can you can create. So really honestly, it's just be yourself, take your influences and and try to create something new for people.
3: I loved getting to chat a little bit with Dallas. He's come so far, but certainly isn't stopping anytime soon. Even though he seems to have a pretty good understanding about the genre, I wanted to know how he personally defined country music.
2: There are the there are the songs that they're the songs that that speak on the surface. Um And a lot of, a lot of that I experienced, um, party rock sort of stuff. And, and there are those songs in country music, but to me, um, lyrically and emotionally through music and a vocal take, um, there's nothing that speaks to like your soul as country music does with the right song. Um, there, there are, you know, other genres that have occasionally the song like that, but I mean, in country music, that is the goal is to hit you right here. And, um, and give you goosebumps and make you feel. And that's country music to me. Whatever the theme be, whatever the, the lyric be that makes you feel that, that's the goal.
3: Real life brothers, JJ, Dusty, Luke, Brock, and Ty Hunter grew up on a farm in rural Canada where there are no strangers to the dedication it takes to maintain something that is truly meaningful to them. These guys attribute a lot of their success to their upbringing where they learned the value of hard work and perseverance the hunter brothers have over 46 million video and audio streams to date and have had so much success on the country music scene where they've had a lot of credibility with multiple ccma juno and scma award nominations and wins in talking with the real life brothers i wanted to know where their country music journey began
1: my name is jj i'm the oldest of the brothers and uh, we grew up on a small uh, in a small community on a family farm, and uh, being from Canada, there was hockey in the wintertime, it was farming and music in the summertime, festivals throughout the weekends, and uh, music was just always kind of a part of uh, the culture of our, our uh, family growing up. Uh, Mom was the one that put us in piano as kids growing up, she was the one that originally taught us how to sing harmonies, and uh, Dad put us in the hockey, and we just kind of had this weird conglomeration of things going on growing up, and uh, yeah, so it's always been part of our lives.
3: I love a good family band, and these guys are exactly that. But all these brothers bring a little something different to the table. So I wanted to know when they knew they wanted to transition from being just brothers to being brothers and bandmates.
5: When we were little, the pretty decent portion is very debatable. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, it was actually funny because uh, we sang with our parents, um, mostly through Western Canada, a little bit into the States. And so we were all kind of, part of it for quite a period of time and then um, actually everybody started on the piano, took classical piano lessons for at minimum I think it was eight or nine years, some more than that and then um, each brother branched off into different instruments And it it was never really one of those things where we've talked about it, that it was set out as let's do a, let's be a music group. It just kind of, it happened very naturally and organically. It's kind of like a hockey team. We have three forwards and two defensemen. So it works this way too. Everybody has a different vocal range. Um, We do a lot of harmonies and everybody plays a different instrument. So it's perfect.
3: For all of these guys to end up so passionate about music, I knew there had to be some really great influences from their childhood. So they shared a little bit about the music that they played in the Hunter House growing up. Actually,
6: everything from like the 70s, a lot of you know music, Motown. My dad loved the Jackson 5,
5: so he grew up listening to a lot of them boys to men yeah (laughs) yeah. gospel gospel music um certain threads of country um yeah but it's interesting because all five of us definitely have different influences so it kind of culminates into into the music as a whole but it's just because we grew up under the same roof doesn't mean we uh come from the same branch when it comes to musical taste i don't even uh, it was actually a girl that i dated for a little while she introduced me to edm music and uh and so I was, I was about 20 years old and I fell in love with it. And my favorite music is EDM music, but my all time favorite artist is Wonder Public. I think Ryan Tedder is an absolute genius. Uh, I mean, he was just nominated here today, uh, for four Grammys for all of his uh, productions stuff. And so, um, it, influence, like I, I, I love pop. I love EDM uh, for me. Yeah. For myself, I'm a, I'm
6: a huge Keith Urban fan. I'm kind of right down the center of that way. Yeah, I uh, loved his music uh, right from the very first concert I ever watched him when I was probably, s- oh man, I don't know, 17, 18 years old. Um, and, uh, and then also, I, I very much enjoy the, uh, the a cappella uh, vocal side of things. So I'm um, kind of a, a mix between those two, probably.
5: Yeah, I like I like a lot of a lot of pop music, but specifically people who are really charismatic in their performance. I love watching people who kind of take you into a, a world that you get to be a part of. But I also really really love 70s music. Um, I love R and B music. I as was previously mentioned, we were introduced to Motown. I had a Motown clock that actually played um, songs every hour, and so it was like Marvin Gaye and like all sorts of different artists. And so I basically grew up with that in. My- Room, so anything that has a lot of soul, I'm here for it.
6: Yeah, I guess for me, I've got a couple different ones. I love uh, acapella music. has been mentioned, but I do a lot of the vocal arranging for us. We all sing, but uh, do a lot of the vocal arranging. And I all, playing as much hockey as we did. Though there's quite a bit of rock influence that happened in the in the hockey dressing room and in the arenas um, for years because uh, we all played uh, actually for a very long time. Uh, kind of before we, you know decided to uh, come back and uh, work together as a band. So I would say for me, it's kind of a culmination of that. I also grew up loving the Rascal Flats because of the harmony, because the <laughs> harmony is such a, a love of mine. Uh, they, were, uh, they were someone that I've, I've always admired a lot. And for me, I'm kind of a culmination
1: of a lot of what's been mentioned. I love the I love country music. I always have uh, growing up here in small town Saskatchewan. Most of our radio stations are what we get is country music. And so, uh, growing up with those influences, I loved anything harmony-based. I love the Blackhawks and the Diamond Rio's and the uh, Alabamas and those. Um, I love rock too. Rock was kind of a big influence for me as well as acapella and gospel, kind of a mix of a, a number of things that have been mentioned already.
3: I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like knowing an artist's influence really helps me to dive a little bit deeper into their music and their sound. And these guys obviously come with a plethora of genres. So I was curious to know how they collectively landed on country music.
1: That's a great question. And I think for a long time, as musicians, as artists, we, you know, we tried to figure out kind of where we fit because of the various influences that we had. Saying that, I think we just... Collectively, and though there are differences, Ty mentioned his his uh, flair for you know the extravagant and the eclectic and the colorful and whatnot, and so we have that woven through. At the same time, the one thing that really bonded us together was the country factor. We grew up on the farm as Farm Boys, and uh, though we're inclined to various degrees to the farm specifically, that is the reality of where we all grew up. And so I think uh, even as a band, as we started exploring instruments and started playing, we kind of travelled down a bit of a different, more of a pop, maybe a Christian pop um, lane, and we kept getting asked, are you guys a country band? Because I think the harmonies brought us into that realm, and because it made sense on so many levels, because we listen to country music, because of our love for the country, it just made sense on a lot of levels, and I think as a band, as a whole, that when we fit into
5: that lane, it makes sense for the Hunter Brothers. It was also a way that we could speak, uh, I don't know, we just felt uh, where the country roots began, uh, we could speak to our faith and what we believe as well, which was very important to us, and, uh, and so we could kind of carry that in and, uh, and interweave
2: it through, through the country music that we, that we sing.
5: We also have one radio station in Shaunavon, Saskatchewan, and. It- was a country music station, so that's what we grew up listening to and being influenced by as well, so it definitely was a huge part of our story growing up.
3: We all know that country music can be a little bit different in Canada, so they shared with me what their take is on the Canadian country music scene.
1: We definitely had Canadian influences, and many of them started in the in the States and then eventually found their niche here in Canada. Some have uh, started here and then made their way down to Nashville, and uh, you know, I think Canadian country has been on a journey, just like music and general is. I think that, uh, uh, you know, the production quality, you know, as travel and as the world has gotten smaller, I mean, this whole last album, we recorded all the vocals right here, but our producers were in LA, they were in Nashville, they were all over. So you have, uh, there's a whole new world that's accessible because of the way that, you know, the the media, the way that uh, the internet works nowadays. And so I think uh, there's been a lot more influence from the Nashville scene as time has gone on saying that, um, you know, you see the pop influences, we see all the different things that they're weaving its way in. For us specifically, I think Paul Brandt was a huge influence for us, uh, an incredible voice, an incredible person. We got to tour with him, started his career, uh, you know, had a had a stint down in the United States and did very well, and then came up and kind of made his niche and, and really his living here in Canada. Um, you mentioned Shania Twain. I mean, there are a number of artists uh, johnny reed you guys like um that you know over those years had, had you know different musical flares maybe but uh, definitely influenced us as canadian artists
3: the hunter brothers also shared with me a little bit more about what their favorite part of the scene is there up in canada
5: i think one of the main things that we would all agree on is uh it's it really feels like a big family um when you when you see fellow artists and when you get to, to spend time with them, um, a lot of the artists are just really nice, really great people.
3: Having such a wide reach up in Canada, I wanted to know how the brothers are using their platform to help inspire the next generation of country music
5: one of the cool stories that we just heard actually in our last one of our last music videos for been a minute we were singing on a flat deck trailer out in the middle of nowhere because we hadn't done shows in so long and we um heard back from from somebody that their little guy was uh performing on a flat deck trailer um just him and, and singing and so i think like that really that really hit home for a lot of us just in realizing that um, you know, as families are playing it for their kids, you start seeing videos of, um, of younger people performing your songs and and sharing that music. And so I think it's really something that is exciting to be a part of where people can um, speak about where they come from, they can share um, their story. And that's hopefully what uh, we're doing right now and are able to continue to do is um, sharing through story and, and sharing through that inspiration.
3: I asked the guys why they felt that storytelling and country music is something that people can connect with no matter, matter where you come from
5: I think one of the
1: most uh, important things for us and we've said this you know along the way everyone has a name everyone has a story everyone has a set of circumstances that has described who they are and how they got there and uh, you know respecting people is is an important thing you know um, in today's day and age you have differences of opinions and that's fine that's okay but we need to respect each other as people at the at the end of the day. And uh, though we may land in different areas, uh, we each have that story that makes us uniquely who we are. And so, I think for us, one of the things along the way is is sharing the things that have made us who we are. There's uh, you know there's things in our lives. Families. As, we're singing as a family band, we're touring, we have wives, we have kids, that's, a, that's an integral part of who we are and that's something that is important to us. So that's something that if we can speak to that, if we can share as far as what our experiences have been there, that's an important part and country does allow that. I think that's something that's amazing and, uh, and we're thankful that that can be part of what we do as, as artists and as a group as well as, you know, as, as a collective group of artists. That's, that's what we're all doing in many ways.
3: I love that there is a family band in country music, but I wanted to know what the Hunter brothers thought was unique about what they bring to the country music scene.
6: Just brotherly harmony. We blending has been something that, um, I mean, obviously we've done our whole lives, so we've had a lot of practice at it, but uh, just the timbre of our voices mesh, uh, I think probably fairly well. And uh, I think we, we really lean into the vocal side of things um, in an, in in you know a very significant way. Um yes, we are a band, but um, anyone that's come to a Hunter Brothers show will get lots of uh, uh you know four to five part harmony at different times and those are the types of things that we grew up doing. And uh, I think that we we really feel as a band is something that we you know kind of bring to the table. Um I mean just simply share the fact I guess that there's as many of us as there are, I suppose. I don't know. Uh, we we've been fortunate enough to uh, get along well enough that we're this far along in life and still enjoying doing this together and feel you know, blessed to be able to. And I would say that would be probably the number one thing. Um, yeah. And then I think just a, a, you know, a live show that because of a lifetime of performing together, there's just a, we really feel comfortable on stage together. We feel comfortable on stage because we've been doing it for so long. Um, but we feel comfortable together doing it. And uh, our father, um, in many ways, although he was a, he's a, you'd never guess it to meet him, he's a, he's, he's a, he's a farm boy through and through, actually was a professional figure skater and he has this dramatic flair, I know, crazy, uh, out of left field, but he, uh, he really instilled in us um, the element of performing because that's what he did, he traveled the world with Holiday on Ice and that's largely about what they do on the ice and so he you know, implemented that, even though meeting him, you'd never guessed that. And I think it's something we've been able to do together that we bring together in a live show.
3: Having a lot of success so far in the Canadian country music scene, I wanted to know what the Hunter Brothers' favorite moment of their career has been so far.
5: I think one of the first ones that um, probably is threaded through all of us is when we recorded the music video for Born and Raised. Born and Raised was really probably the song that, Started changing and altering the course of our career in you know just new and exciting ways. I think that's when we started coming on the scene a lot more, and where I think people started paying attention to that portion of our of our story. What was cool about it is we actually performed the music video in uh, Mom and Dad's backyard, so it was where it was where we grew up, and we uh, put the offer out for people to come out and enjoy a show that we were going to put on, but also be part of the music video. So in our small town of Shonovan, Saskatchewan, there's 1800 people and there are about 1200 people that ended up showing up in our parents' backyard. And I just remember all of us talking about after after the show, after we had shot the music video, looking out and seeing familiar faces that had really contributed to who we are today whether it was you know teachers or people from the hockey world or friends or coaches and so just being able to to watch this interaction it was such a genuine and authentic moment and the fact that it was tied to that song as JJ alluded everybody having a story everybody having a name and it literally being on our home turf I think um, it was really, yeah, it also, um, we had a charity component to it where um, we ended up raising money uh, for five different charities, uh, ones that were close to our heart and it was over $60,000 raised in a group of 1,800 people or 1,200 people, that's that's pretty cool. So everything about it felt like uh, it, it was who we were.
3: I feel like no matter what part of the world you're listening to country music in, Tennille Towns is a name you've definitely heard. Tennille was born in Alberta, Canada and moved to Nashville in 2013 to continue to pursue a career in country music, and since then has gained recognition and accolades that would impress anyone at any point in their career. Tennille has both signature vocals and an incredible onstage presence. It's really no surprise that she's made such big waves in the industry. But one of my favorite things about Tanil is that she always spotlights other women and her Canadian roots. Country music
0: is definitely a a huge part of what I listened to growing up, you know, dancing around the... The kitchen in our house with the radio on or driving around with my grandparents, you know, and they had this cool old motorhome and we used to switch the cassettes between Dolly Parton and Reba. And, you know, when I drive with my mom, it really just depended on who I was driving with as to what we were listening to as a kid. But um, with my mom, it was all kinds of powerhouse female voices and we listen to so much Shania Twain. She's very much like my hero and was just this awesome, incredible Canadian artist who was like, man, if she could make it and get to Nashville and just kind of explode over the whole world, then that sure looks like an inspiring path to try to follow. So she's been a hero of mine ever since I was a little kid.
3: Isn't Shania Twain everyone's hero? Guys, I can remember burning the heck out of her CDs as a kid, but I really loved when Tennille said, if Shania can make it, then so can I. I feel like that attitude is one of the reasons why Tanil really is so successful. But beyond that, I asked Tanil what she feels sets the Canadian country music scene apart from all the rest.
0: There's definitely an incredible scene there. That's the first place where I started co-writing with friends and learning what it meant to write songs and and to get to perform them places. When I graduated high school, I traveled in a motorhome from one side of Canada to the other playing for middle schools and high schools and that was my very first taste of the road and So much of my learning experience came from the people that I was fortunate to meet at Canadian Country Music Week when everybody kind of comes together and you get to see the whole community. So I've I've loved attending those. I've I've gone to CCMAs for years. So it's really an amazing industry there. And there's so many different ways to do it. There's several people that can just completely stay and be planted and focus there and make it work. For me, it felt like... Um, I felt the calling to, to make the trip to Nashville and, and kind of make that leap, which was definitely a leap of faith because it's hard to leave something that feels so comfortable and wonderful at home. Um, but there's really an amazing contingency of, of Canadian artists here in, in Nashville, too. So it's like there's there's a supportive community, I think, either way that you do it.
3: You know what they say when you know, you know. And Tennille knew that country music and Nashville were calling for her. I loved that I could really feel her passion just in the few minutes that I had to chat with her. But I asked her why her love for the genre and her talents align so well with country music and storytelling.
0: I very much feel that country music is such um, an open hearted posture towards storytelling. And to me, that's my favorite part about writing music and um, is being able to kind of, I don't know, help myself feel less alone in what i'm going through and hopefully help somebody who's listening to feel less alone and going oh wow we're kind of we have similar stories or similar things that we've been through and i think that's such a powerful part of of country music when you listen to it
3: i couldn't agree more and i really feel that tiniel has a knack for storytelling it always comes across so beautifully in her music as it does for so many other artists in the genre but i asked tiniel what differences or parallels she sees between Canadian and more American country music. To be
0: honest, I think that the heart of country music is the same. You know, I, when you think of like somebody like Dolly Parton who's singing about, this is my favorite thing to kind of think about in this is like her song about home in the Smoky Mountains. And it's like somehow you just hear that melody and you feel that song and you're like, she's talking about my home. And I think there's people that could listen to that it cross an ocean and feel that way because it's such a like just the emotion of it is such a unifying thing. I I've never really felt a strong divide between this is what makes Canadian country music and this is what makes American country music. I think the um, the industries are different. I think the population is so very different. I think Nashville's songwriting community all in one spot is really unique because Canada's kind of got pockets of it in the different provinces spread out, but Nashville's such a hub for, you know, one place and um, a lot of doors to kind of knock on at the same time. So to me, that's unique about Nashville, but I think the music itself is just music is music to me, which is a really cool thing.
3: I wanted to dig a little bit deeper into those pockets of country Tineal hinted at a little earlier. I think
0: the style probably comes more from the artist and the perspective in the way that they write. I don't know that it's necessarily unique to the areas. I love the songwriting community that exists in Alberta, where I'm from. I spent a lot of time you know, writing music in Edmonton and Calgary, a lot in Calgary, um, and in a little town north of where I'm from called Peace River. And um, I, there's such a great songwriting community that exists there, I think, I think that those things must exist in all the provinces, but I only grew up in Alberta, so that's the one I can speak into. I know there's a really incredible scene in Vancouver and also in Toronto. Um, I've gotten to you know make music videos in those places before, or there's um, a lot of different kind of media things in Toronto that have existed. So um, I, I think there's like different different places but i really think the heart of it probably comes from the storyteller and what their influences are you know no matter where that's from i have a lot of friends from the eastern part of canada and so many so much of um that culture feels like just music that you grow up playing in the kitchen and there's such a joyful spirit to that music i think that makes the east coast music a little bit more unique
3: while Tanil's talent and love of country music is canada born and bred just like her hero shania Tenille felt called to move to Music City. She shared a little bit more about what that experience was like for her.
0: My dad helped me make the move. You know, I finished touring after I graduated high school. I spent a year on the road and then I really was, you know, trying to listen to where I was feeling my spirit was being called. And I really felt like taking that gamble and and making the move to Nashville was the right move for me at the time. And I think I was definitely feeling summoned by that songwriting community and wanting to learn more from my heroes that exist in this town and how to how to kind of learn from that and keep working on the craft of songwriting. So I felt that pulling at me and it definitely it was terrifying. My dad helped me make the drive. It was 45 hours from Grand Prairie, Alberta to drive all the way to Nashville, Tennessee. And I remember, you know, as the days were kind of going on, I was like, wow, I really hope this works out because I don't want to drive 45 hours all the way back home. This is so far from home. And um, especially in that first year, it was, I spent, you know, more time completely by myself living alone for the first time, living in a whole other country for the first time. It was like, there were a lot of lonely, homesick moments that, that came from that period. But I think that those were what fueled some of the most creative you know, and sort of voice building moments of my life. I really felt like my voice sonically became different after spending so much time just really diving into that solitude of what do I want to say as an artist? What, do, what kind of things do I want to write about? And, and how do I want it to feel as it comes out of me? And I, I really think that that time um, and that struggle of feeling so alone was such a big part of that.
3: Her Canadian roots really do run deep. But growing up there, I feel like she had a unique point of view in storytelling. No matter where you come from, it's something that everybody can connect to. I think that
0: storytelling is an essential part of what it means to be human. I think that we all kind of want to just feel in our hearts like, hey, I was here. You know, like we want to be a part of the legacy. We want our life to kind of live on. And I think music is such a unique way to do that, especially country music, because... I think country music has a heart for, for the ordinary stories, you know, it's like what makes it special is the moments that we all share. It's, it's what it means to, to grow up and talking about the house that you grew up in and the, the little pieces of character that add up to that. Or maybe it's about the, the, the Jersey of someone in, in, in memory, you know, it, it's like the little details become such special things. And I think country music really does a good job of, Um, embracing those parts of what make us human.
3: It is clear that Tanil has a strong love of country music storytelling that is so important to the genre. But before I wrapped up our conversation, I asked Tanil about a line in her bio, and it said this, I am inspired by people and their stories. I am so grateful for music and the way it makes us feel like we are never alone, I believe we have everything we need inside of us to be the light for the world and that we make each other braver and we're in this together. I wanted to know what this means to Tanil and how this statement continues to represent Tanil and her career.
0: I really think that's the heart of the mission for me is to make music that makes all of us feel less alone. I think that comforting quality that music has is what drives me. It's what inspires me to keep writing songs.
3: Well, if there's one thing I've learned about country music in this episode is that country music is storytelling no matter where you come from. And I love that these artists get to share their stories from a part of the world through a genre that we all love so much. Be sure to check out these artists like Brett Kissel, who just won the Juno Award for Country Album of the Year, and go check out his latest single, Our Home. Dallas Smith is hitting the road on his Some Things Never Changed tour. Make sure you go over to his website to see if he's coming to a town near you. My guys, the Hunter Brothers, having a song out right now called All Night. Make sure you go stream it. And my girl, Tennille Towns, has a new EP out right now called Masquerades. And it's a must for your summer playlist. Once again, my name is Bobby Dixon, and I am the founder of Backstage Bobby a country music news outlet that highlights Chicago's country music scene. Follow me on Instagram at BackstageBobby and be sure to subscribe to the Country Confidential podcast to hear more insider info directly from all of your favorite country music artists.
4: Country Confidential
3: The
6: All Country News Country Confidential Podcast is produced by me, Ashley Kim. I also executive produce alongside my team at Horseshoe Media. You can submit your artist, organization, or event to us at allcountrynews.com for a chance to be featured. If you love this episode, please rate and review our podcast wherever you're listening. And a huge shout out to our friends from Restless Road who recorded our amazing theme music for this podcast.
1: All Country News. For more, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at All Country News. Visit us at allcountrynews.com to join our birthday club and subscribe to our weekly industry newsletter. Check out a new episode of Country Confidential every month right here. All Country News.